a privilege to be joined by AFLW player, Richmond player, Hannah Birchall here. Thanks, Hannah. All the strange times in COVID-19 right now and having to speak under lockdown stage four restrictions with Melbourne um, in this dystopian world, it's incredible to be able to, to, to speak to you and to learn some things from you. So thanks for, thanks for the chat. No, no worries. It is weird. It's, um, it's a new normal at the moment. So um, no, it's a different way of doing it, but no, happy to be here on this uh, beautiful day in Melbourne. Great to hear you. And I guess we'll get straight into it. Coming from the Geelong system there, three years in there, two years in the VFLW, one year in the inaugural AFLW season for Geelong, and then now switch to the inaugural AFL season, AFLW season for Richmond, which you're a lifelong fan of and um, of family, of course, coming from that. I think your dad. Um, yep. Congrats, first off. Um, how, where did this start really? Was this at school? Was this further that? Is this a, a direct kind of influence from parents and family of sorts or? Um, so my football probably, I was sort of born loving football. I don't really remember a, a stage um, where I sort of grew to love it. I just fell into it and uh, loved it from day dot. I think mum recalls um, my first steps were basically taken to, to walk to a football, as cliche as that sounds. Um, I sort of always just had a, a ball in my hand when I was very young and um, that was the thing I gravitated to as a child. So through that, I loved watching it and I um, I don't think I had a choice with, with going for Richmond. I think it was, uh, I was just born a member. So um, I can't, uh, I can't say I would have had any choice. Dad being a, a mad tiger who then converted my Essendon uh, mum, uh, subsequently then had four children that have all um, grown up mad tigers. So part of the 100,000 strong members. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's just the way it turned out. So <laughs> I'm happy where I am at the moment. <laughs> Well, especially after three seasons in the, the AFL system to have then gone and, as you said before, to have sought out Richmond Football Club yourself, to not be waiting around for a, a club to come to you. Being a mad Richmond fan, to seek out Richmond and speak to the people involved there. How big a process was, was that and how did that process occur and who did you speak to during that? Um, yeah, it sort of happened. So I don't have a manager, so it was it was very much just um, you know speaking to people in the industry, saying you know what should I do. Um, obviously, I was delisted by Geelong um, at the end of that season, so I found myself in a in a situation that I sort of hadn't found myself in um, without any you know uh, contacts within that world, so to speak. Um, so I had a good relationship with my coach at Geelong. Um, and, yeah, he was, you know, sad to let me go. Um, but it is the nature of the industry, obviously. Um, so I just sought out advice from him. 
Um, he said that there was a little bit of interest from Richmond um, in the Geelong program. Um, obviously, Richmond was starting up with an inaugural team themselves, as had Geelong. Um, and list managers often speak, um, refer players, things like that. And um, given that I had a really good relationship with the staff at Geelong and the, the people relevant and involved, um, they'd sort of already put in a good word for me at Richmond. So I then just took it upon myself to get in touch with Kate Sheehan, um, list manager of Richmond. Um, and yeah, we just had a, a chat down at Punt Road and that in itself was a bit pinch yourself moment. Um, it all happened pretty quickly, but um, it was really great to meet them. And they, they sort of just called me after that meeting and said, do you want to just come and train for two weeks with the VFLW? see how you go and um, I did that and they signed me so um, it happened pretty organically um, and probably yeah not in the traditional trajectory that um, a, a signing takes it was all very just based on conversations and they watched a bit of my tape and things like that but um, it's pretty seamless luckily in the end for me so yeah it was good. That organic nature that you talked about, is that almost more special being a, a lifelong Richmond fan from day dot to then not having to go through the processes of a, a, an agent and so forth? And it being, as you said, a, a speech um, and talking to Kate Sheen and, and was, was that more special? Did it add value, I guess, to becoming oh, a Richmond product? Yeah. yeah, and I think they took a lot out of that as well. Um, you know, I met with, Kate and then um, Tom Hunter, the coach at the time, um, the strength conditioning, the player development manager. So there were probably eight people at the table. Um, and I just, it was very conversational, not, you know, nothing too intense. And I think they loved that organic um, mutual relationship that we sort of formed from that conversation. And um, I sort of, you know, wore my heart on my sleeve a little bit. And I said, look, I'm, you know, putting myself out there. I, I love Richmond. And um, I think they try and embrace that sort of culture at Richmond just to, you know, be yourself. And <laughs> and luckily I just did exactly that um, without trying. But uh, yeah, I think that's what drew them to me um, because they, you know, they you can watch all the tape you want in the world, but um, ultimately they were just wanting some, good people in there to, to get a, um, their inaugural team up and running and off on a good foot, a little bit of experience in the team. Um, and, yeah, they were lucky enough to put their faith in me um, in that sense. So, yeah, absolutely, that organic nature of it, I think, got it over the line in the end, to be honest. So, yeah. Originally, coming from Ocean Grove, I know being in the Geelong system, you've talked about, uh, I think before you, 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 that you don't really look into stats that much, but as a Geelong fan here, I'm salty just looking and seeing that the, <laughs> the disposal counts that you, you received at Geelong and the average averages here. And uh, now to see you in a Richmond shirt, it breaks my heart a little bit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so happy for you, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> but, Taking a step back, I guess, that first moment in round seven in, in 2018 against um, GWS, where you first took on the 
took on the ground against GWS to, to wear the hoops in that match. What, what were the feelings then? Yeah, it was, that again was, um, yeah, very surreal and it felt, felt pretty, um, yeah, it was very special putting on a jumper with the AFLW logo on it. And it, um, yeah, it was, it was emotional um, for sure. And it felt like so many years, um, you know, I was, what was I, 23 at the time, maybe. Um, it just felt like 23 years of my life, um, a dream that I'd always wanted to achieve um, was finally happening and I never thought it would happen. So a lot of emotions that night, um, probably overawed with nerves um, looking back. Um, but yeah, so thankful for that opportunity that Geelong gave me and um, yeah, something that I'll, you know, cherish forever. It was a very different feeling uh, that game um, to say the first game for Richmond AFLW. So it was, yeah, it was very special for so, so many reasons. And um, having mum and dad and uh, Tom in the crowd was, yeah, that was amazing. So. Yeah. Yeah. And flash forward now and there's upcoming 2021, which is already has been announced um, how that fixture list will be run there. Uh, but most recently, I guess, in terms of Richmond AFLW, the trade period has passed and you've seen like a teenager, Ella Wood, who's actually put her hand up in COVID-19, the 2020 current year that we are to say, nah, I'll, I'll actually look. I'll, Sorry, Ryan, I just lost you for a little bit there. Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, I just lost you for probably 30 seconds. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. You paused as I was finishing off before, so um, I don't know what this is. <laughs> sorry. No, no worries. I'll just, I'll just repeat. Um, yeah. Recent news, I guess, coming out of, of Richmond and AFLW regarding the trade period, um, and Ella Wood especially as a, as a teenager, her ability to come out and say, well, no, right now, this is 2020. This is COVID-19's happening. It's affecting sports, um, sport players right across the nation, right across the world. Her ability to say, no, look, I think I prefer to, to spend a bit of time with my family. Does, I think that shows a, a lot of courage there as part of a, a Richmond crew there. Yeah, huge. Um, that was very unexpected, that uh, decision, because someone so young that's um, found themselves with an AFLW contract and, um, you know, could have kept going with it um, to, yeah, really recognise uh, what matters more to her and um, uh, and step away from it for very important reasons. I think, yeah, huge, huge decision and um, not one that you'd take lightly. And, yeah, I think it says a lot about um, her character to do that because... Um, She's, you know, stepped away from something that she loved, but it it isn't it isn't easy um, doing it. And she was young, moved away from home, so completely um, respect and admire that decision that she's made um, to, yeah, really think about what's important to her at the moment. So yeah, hopefully she finds herself back playing, but um, for now, good on her. And as someone that has gone through injuries in the past, um, especially the, the right tear um, 
your, I guess, thoughts and what you'd express to the likes of Kiara Fitzgerald um, and Emma Horn uh, after they've recently been delisted from someone that has been formally delisted by um, an AFLW club, what advice or what words have you or would you give to, to players? Yeah, I'd, I'd sp- I've spoken to those two girls um, after they were delisted and it's not much you can say really. It's um, other than offer support and, and see, um, you know, and offer advice if they want it, um, you know, if they're wanting to seek out another opportunity, um, which I think, um, I think Kiara did want to do um, and Richmond have, you know, um, been really supportive to her as well from all accounts. So it's, it's hard. You need to weigh up whether, you know, you want to go through a whole process again of going through it and, um, and she does. So the only thing you can say is just to, to work hard as best you can, um, you know, reach out to contacts, um, make yourself known. And at the moment that's very hard. So you can't um, underestimate how hard it is, but, um, you know, to, to do the little things away from football and, you know, hopefully a, a draft prospect will occur. But it is hard. I, it is hard to offer advice at the moment. I had the luxury of being able to go and meet people in person and, um, you know, still play football. There's no VFLW on at the moment. So it makes that very hard as well. So my opportunity came through a Richmond VFLW opportunity. So um, I was very lucky to fall on that side of the pandemic, so to speak. Um, so it's, it is hard, especially when you're young, drafted um, and have gone through an injury. Um, yeah, very hard. So, yeah. Definitely. And currently in the pandemic now, there's obviously the, the AFL season that's still ongoing. The, the circus of, of games every single day is now stopped. But from the AFLW perspective, is there a general sentiment across the field regarding what players are currently doing? Players that are under stage four restrictions like yourselves in Melbourne? Yeah, it's, um, we're doing as, as best we can. Um, I think the main thing is just the connections that you do lose um, through lack of, you know, physical interaction. So I, um, we're making do as best we can. And I think uh, we'll grow in ways from it. Um, And, you know, it's a bit backwards, but almost form some more connections um, that you may not have um, without this situation. So in ways it's um, forced us to connect because you know, you can just go through the, um, you know, the groundhog day of life and show up to training, do your normal thing, go home and do it all again the next day. Um, the pandemic's thrown in the need for connection and, um, you know, Zoom, Zoom workouts we're doing and um, like Zoom touch sessions. So that in itself just adds, um, you know, some it's funny really like it's it feels crazy that we're all doing it so that in itself is a connection that we're forming as a club and we just have to look at it like that um and you know not think about teams in the west or just down the highway that um are able to 
train without these restrictions. But um, yeah, I think we're, we're doing the best we can. Um, and that's, that's all you, you have to take out of it. Do you think that promotes maybe a sense of, of mental toughness coming to 2021 and the season coming forth? having been under this Zoom workouts, as you, as you mentioned just then, and the inability to actually see your co-players and reach out to people face-to-face, do you think that actually is a benefit come next season? Yeah, because I think um, obviously the, the VFL isn't happening, so teams like Geelong aren't playing, but their restrictions aren't as tight. Um, but I think when you all come together via Zoom, um, I think in a weird way that I feel like we're connecting more than what we would and what we were in stage three when we were in stage three up here. Um, so in that way, I think it's been a lot more beneficial because um, it, it is easier to get on your computer and catch up with people. Um, whereas, you know, maybe catching up with someone in Brunswick to go for a run when the restrictions weren't as tight you know, you were still navigating times that you could catch up. So I think this, in a way, has strengthened connections. Um, and absolutely, I don't think we'll see the mental fortitude side because it's not tangible. But I think in ways we'll be able to draw on this experience come pre-season. Um, and when we are able to gather again and just think, look, like, look what we've done. Um, we'll bond over this time. And um, that's how you form connections through these sort of so I think absolutely um, even if we can't see it yet I think that'll be something we'll draw on for sure exactly yeah uh, how, how looking sorry uh, how much are you looking forward to, to playing upcoming in 2021 with uh, Sarah Hosking and Sarah Darcy um, and Sarah Dargan yeah all the Sarahs um no it'll be <laughs> awesome um, uh, <laughs> I'm very excited, especially uh, Sarah Hosking. I, she plays on the wing a fair bit. Um, so that's where I've spent most of my um, sort of elite career. So um, it's nice to have her on my team. Um, <laughs> she'll, be, she'll be a really good support um, for me. You know, um, it was probably lacked experience um, last year. So... Um, in terms of that outside midfield run. So it'll be really great to have some support um, from her. I think we'll be able to really um, hone in our craft on the outside a bit. And um, yeah, I think she'll be, she'll be a star for us all over the field. They're spoilt for choice with where to put her. So I hope she's on the wing, <laughs> selfishly. <laughs> that was the biggest steal of the draft. Yeah, big time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're very lucky. <laughs> But, yeah, it's amazing, I guess, how you're talking about that bond through Zoom workouts, through connections, even though it's not in person. Um, knowing the restrictions we're currently under in Melbourne in Stage 4 and still coming together through that, I, I genuinely think that, yeah, watch out <laughs> come 2021. Yeah, for yeah definitely. And, and for a lot of the Melbourne clubs, because this will build upon what you're saying. I'm, I'm hearing this will build upon the, the mental fortitude and I guess the, um, some of that, yeah, cooperative in nature towards it. Uh, at, at the same yeah. time, having been through the system in Geelong 
for three years and AFLW system there as a player and now at Richmond in the AFLW system and ongoing, going through and seeing the, the 2018 CBA um, ongoing uh, through that and I guess noting the, the comparison and the disparity between between payment and between games, between the women's and the men's, do you ever feel at moments or days that, that whilst an event or a landmark has occurred, do you ever get a feeling of some time that, that this is almost futile? Yeah, absolutely. Especially with progressions in other sports, um, like cricket is a, is a really good example. Um, uh, you just, sometimes you think um, you should be grateful for what you're getting, like it's, it's come a long way. But at the same time, um, sometimes, yeah, there are just disparities that don't sit well. Um, and I, I even look at things like just the AFL media in general. Um, doesn't, not, so, not even so much our CBA and how much we're getting. It's just like the lack of female presence um, in the AFL scene, um, you know, I love when Daisy Pierce is commentating and I think, I think it's so important that we try and grow that part of the, the code, um, putting more females in areas where they're actually getting seen because, you know, you can play eight rounds of AFLW and that's all well and good. But if, if you, you know, putting more females in when we're having this what, 20 whatever day games of football in a row, um, I think it's so important for the younger generation to see that because um, you don't even notice, you're not even noticing at the time, but um, it just puts in their heads that m men just belong in those roles. So that's probably my gripe um, with it all, just a lack of female presence. And then sometimes you do feel like the AFLW is just their token um, social responsibility uh, to the game. So you know, we're giving we're given eight rounds. We're giving um, them pay, that sort of thing. Good medical facilities. Um, they come under the AFL um, brand, which is well supported, and things like that under the Players Association. And that's all well and good, but yeah, absolutely. There's um, there's a few disparities that we're still working out, and I hope this uh, pandemic sort of realigns it to what it should be because um, I think they're thinking about concurrently running a VFLW and AFLW season and I think um, I think they should be open to that sort of concurrent nature of what the AFL men's competition is like so yeah there's a there's a lot of disparities still and um, it grew really fast really quick and then it, it seems like it's plateaued a little bit which is um, a bit frustrating because I guess without dwelling on it, but you're juggling, um, for me, it's just part-time work at the moment, but a lot of girls are doing full-time work and then going to training where you're there for, you know, five hours, um, sometimes during pre-season and it's, yeah, it's extremely hard. So you're almost balancing two jobs. Um, so it, it either has to go full-time or, um, yeah, I don't know how people will manage so or increase the wages. So, um, yeah, a few disparities, but 
hopefully by the time my kids are playing football, it's uh, we're not even talking about this anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things that you have set the precedent, I guess, that when yeah. you come and talk to that. So I, I'm lost of words here to describe <laughs> what, what you're part of and what you're doing right now. But it, I guess it must be a, a frustration of sorts when you see some things like the Matildas and the Socceroos agree to equal pay between yeah. $66 and $1,100 um, for both. And then at the yeah. same time, uh, a so-called national game, especially within Victoria, still has a disparity even seasons and seasons into the AFLW. Um, so at, at the same time as well, also talking to and maybe it uh, being interviewed and talking to a male might even add to that as well. I, I'm speculating here, but it, yeah. that sense of, of frustration, I guess, but this is you setting the precedent and this is all part of, I guess, the uh, her story, our future, that, yeah, yeah. come, come your yeah, kids absolutely. and they'll yeah. be looking and thanking you. And after, I, think, I think the whole world will <laughs> We'll be thanking you. Yeah, definitely. So, amazing. Yeah. No, it's um, and it's not. You know, it's we're living out our dreams. It's not like we're um, we're here chipping away trying to you know set that precedent because at the same time we're we love what we do. Um, so, and part of loving it is being those pioneers um, in these first sort of years and stages. So yeah, I hope it gets to that point where it is um, equal across the board, like we're seeing in other sports. Yeah. Do you think one of the things in the AFL that showed this year, or be the limited stoppage times, the low scoring has shunned some of the arguments against why people would detract from AFLW and maybe is kind of a little bit of a, a, a kick in the boot to the people that use that as a statement or an excuse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've suddenly gone very quiet. Brennan. Um, <laughs> it is, it's nice that it's happened, um, especially in those first few rounds where the men were finding their feet in those different um, quarters and structures and things like that. So I'm glad people can finally see how hard it is to score when you've only got 15 minutes of game time. And then plus when you're not having as much time on there's there's not much added to that so um <laughs> it's it's good that people can maybe see that and maybe hold off on their angry tweets um somehow they feel like they're being forced to watch it but um uh, that's that's um <laughs> it beats me all those trolls i don't know why they even bother if it if it bothers them that much but um hopefully there's an understanding of why our scores are a little bit uh on the lower side so we, we want to score. That's um, <laughs> the, the aim of the game. So, uh, but yeah, it is, it is tough when uh, we don't go end to end as fast as them either. So um, plus the, the quarters are shorter. So yeah, I think, I think people need to maybe watch VFLW games um, and assess it on that before they jump the gun on an AFLW game where the defense is even um, higher. So yeah, hopefully we'll, hear less of those angry low scoring tweets 
Yeah, and I think it's been a, a week or a fortnight in the AFL where there's been a highly exposed nature of of, uh, of tweets or of social media being prevalent. Um, we've seen comments from players to another player um, on social media. We've seen um, death threats towards a player. We've also seen a, a club captain uh, come out towards uh, a person on Twitter and reply back to to that individual person as well. And I, I know the bubble scenario as it is may be tough for the players to um, yeah to to have that surroundings of um, of normality and hence why social media is necessary at times for family and friends etc. But yeah. internally. What advice or education does um, does Richmond players get regarding social media and its potential risks? Yeah, um, we you do get a lot. Um, it's sort of hard for me to think back exactly what we get, but because you do get so much, and like at the end of the day, it's very much um, advised that. You know, you're welcome to have it, but you do run those um, unfortunate risks that happen on social media still. Um, I think, you know, it's the classic, like, if you wouldn't want your grandma to see it, then don't post it. Um, but I don't think that's really the issue um, at the moment. It's it's people without an identity behind a keyboard um, that can't be tracked or um, things like that. So it's... Yeah, you. I mean, I haven't personally been fallen victim to it, um, but I can see how hard it would be for them at the moment in that bubble um, because their escape is a lot different to, you know, normal AFL season. They're constantly in that AFL bubble. So um, it's good that it's being called out a lot more now, but I think I think more needs to be done from those platforms at their end because um, there's only, only so many times you can call out racism, sexism, um, you know, threats, things like that um, of really vile nature. Um, you can call it out and call it out, but at the moment it's almost like flogging a dead horse. It's very, um, it just opens it up and it's, it feeds them the trolls and, and things like that. And, and they know that they can hide behind a blank profile and, you know, a private uh, Instagram or Twitter, say what they like. Um, and I think Dylan Grimes, you know, charging, um, pressing charges, I guess. Um, I hope that's the start of, um, you know, other players to follow because, yeah, unless you, you're not doing that, then it's just going to keep happening. So I've actually deleted the Twitter app off my phone. It's just, it's just so many angry people um, and it's, yeah, it wears you down. And um, even during AFLW season, there's more commentary on it. Um, and just th those comments, you try not to read them, but you see them and, and they wear you down. And so, um, yeah, internally, they, they advise you just to stay away from it. But, um, you know, it can be, social media is a great platform um, for many reasons and why we all use it um, and love it and you know I love Instagram and um, so I'm not gonna 
you know, just give up something I enjoy doing for a few trolls, but uh, definitely good to just remove yourself from it every now and then, I think. Yeah. Who have I guess been coming into the fir- your first season and now looking forward to your second season at uh, at Richmond? Who have been the people that you've really looked up to in, in the AFLW camp there and have helped you um, along the way? Yeah, um, Katie Brennan's been a really uh, um, great leader and friend. Um, so. Yeah, what you see is what you get with her. Very, um, very authentic and um, just sets really good standards, um, very approachable, uh, just a good rounded leader that um, really, yeah, shows the way. And, um, you know, ultimately leadership is having a following and she really, um, really sort of embodies that at Richmond. And, um, yeah, we all really respect and look up to her. But, yeah, also on a, on a personal level, she's a really good friend. And, um, yeah, I've, I've looked up, I look up to her in, you know, leadership way, footy way, um, just as a person who she is. So, yeah, that's probably who sticks out um, most. Then you've got people like uh, Courtney Wakefield, who's a mum from Top Hut, you know, eight hours away, um, who yeah gives up a lot of her family time to come down to footy and and I look up to that and you know I travel just down the road so uh, before I start whinging about having to go to training I uh, it's a nice perspective to have to think about what uh, people like her um, are giving up and she's also become a really good friend and um, nice to sort of offer some support to her while she's away from her family and uh, a friendship as well so yeah they're probably two um, people that that stand out when you ask that yeah yeah I think it's amazing as well to be in that that Richmond system right there where I think you've got a, a president which I lean to as a, a massive inspiration and Peggy O'Neill if not the best president the best president in the AFL <laughs> um, yeah I agree <laughs> from what she's done from the get-go at the start so um, and as you've said, Kate Sheen before, it sounds like you're surrounded by a lot of people there who are just more than happy to help. And, and as you said, that organic kind of culture and letting people be how they are, are naturally. And I think that's part yeah. of the Richmond culture. As yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah um, and, and not to forget uh, Brendan Gale and Neil Baum, um, Barmy is a, you know, obviously a prominent Geelong figure as well. Um, respected there. I think he's a life member there, maybe. Um, but his role in, in the Richmond pro, uh, women's program has been huge. His work with Peggy and um, just the way he supports our team. Um, he, you know, doesn't do it to show that he, you know, just as a way of how he looks. He genuinely loves traveling uh interstate to watch us play um and he's a really really great mentor for us all and uh yeah so he's he's an amazing leader himself as well speaking to a professional star here but your advice to someone who's in stage four now and looking up to an aflw player who loves footy 
loves being active, but is only allowed one hour a day out at the moment. What are your tips or, or tips for the sharing, I guess, maybe? I'm trying to figure them out myself, Ren. <laughs> um, an hour a day. Yeah, it is hard. Um, for me, I, I uh, enjoy travelling down to Arden Street um, to have a kick on on North's um, home deck. Uh, so for me, I've sort of incorporated a bit of my um, running program um, and then treated myself to a, um, some goal kicking at the end of all of that. So it's, now that you only have an hour, it forces you to get through your running uh, a lot quicker than maybe you would have pre-stage four. Uh, I know that I used to dawdle a fair bit to get through it, but um, now that we only have an hour, I sort of, yeah, do my running and then and then have a, a kick um, and a goal kicking competition with my partner, Tom. Um, and that's sort of good for the morale. Um, How frustrated does he get? <laughs> we, I think I get more frustrated. Uh, I don't have a very good left foot and he... Um, he always, his challenge is always left foot kicks. So he um, stitches me up a fair bit there, but <laughs> no, I've got him a couple of times, but um, no, my, I don't, the advice is hard to give because it's all, we're all winging it, but um, we do touch inside as well um, through Zoom. So it's always something you can do inside away from your TVs and pot plants, but um, it's good just to, to keep touching the footy. I think that's important. and keep those uh, quads strong so you don't tear them like I did. <laughs> so, yeah, and a good opportunity to practice the op opposite foot too inside, just kicking it to yourself. So there's definitely always something to do and uh, as much touch as you can. And it's strange to, and it's almost stupid to ask this question at the current situation we are now in 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 Melbourne with the stage four restrictions and COVID-19, but I guess your goals for the, the upcoming 2021 season? <laughs> no, it's not stupid. We're, we're still very much in that goals mode and, um, uh, and yeah, we don't have a coach yet, but our support staff are still, you know, very much focused on the prize. So, um, yeah, I guess my, my goals are, um, centred around probably um, my running capacity just to be able to probably stay out on the ground a little bit longer. Um, that's something I've been trying to improve, my aerobic capacity. Um, but also from a football perspective, just um, getting my efficiency, um, you know, perfect. So that sort of owning your moments type thing. That's what we talk about. And part of that is skill execution and having really good uh, efficiency um, with disposals. And yeah, so it's been a good opportunity to practice those fundamentals um, that sometimes you uh, lose sight of during a, a training session and uh, you've focused on your structures, but you've sort of, uh, let those fundamentals slip a little bit. So they're probably my goals, just that running capacity and um, increasing that disposal number and also um, efficiency. So just need to get a few more touches, I think, Ronan. <laughs> As a Geelong fan, I'm filled with Sax Assault 
all over my face here <laughs> speaking to you right now. The fact that you're in Richmond colours, I'm so happy for you, Hannah, but at the same time, uh, I know you have the highest regard for your previous coaches and everyone associated yeah. with Geelong, but purely being a Geelong <laughs> fan myself, Geelong, how dare you let Hannah go to Richmond? <laughs> oh, it was tough for me to swallow as well. I was, I had a bit of salt uh, as well for a little period of time, but um, no, I was very grateful that opportunity that I got ultimately got me where I am now. So very fond memories um, looking back at those VFLW days where we made the grand final in 18, I think it was. Um, so yeah, very fond memories of Geelong. And yeah, I do miss, miss being there, but very, very happy at Richmond. Fantastic to hear. Fantastic to hear. And all the best for upcoming 2021. All the best day to day. Uh, noting that COVID, what well, everyone's undergoing in Melbourne on the stage four restrictions. Uh, all the best for Richmond Football Club, and I can't wait to see you back on the pitch. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, you too. It's um, it'll be good to be allowed outside for more than an hour a day, let alone um, kicking the footy and playing for premiership points. So I'm very excited, and yeah, it was, yeah. Thanks for chatting.